Hey, what's up, guys? This is Sawyer with RCA Podcast. And as you can see, things are a little different uh, for this episode of RCA Podcast. As most of you know, uh, Rebel Comics Alliance Podcast started back in 2015 with with me and my, my buddy Kalen in college, uh, getting together once a week and talking about some comics. So we have about 39, 40 issues of Rebel Comics Alliance podcasts that are no longer on any platform whatsoever. They are only here on my external hard drive. And so once a week, I think I'm going to be uploading uh, these retro RCA podcasts. And uh, so let's take, a, take some time to go back in time to 2015 to see what was going on in the world of comics. Now, just a little disclaimer, you may need to turn your volume up. We didn't have as good of audio quality back then as we do now, so I apologize if the audio quality isn't nearly as good. But let's go ahead and and go back to 2015 and see what was going on in the world of comics. Enjoy, you guys. Bye. Welcome to Rebel Comics Alliance. We're your symbiote hosts. My name is Sawyer. I'm Chuck. And we got quite a bit for you guys tonight. This is the first podcast for Rebel Comics Alliance. And before, the brain baby. The brain baby. And before we get into what we're going to talk about tonight, um, let me just tell you a little bit about how um, this podcast came to be. Um, we came up with the name Rebel Comics Alliance, uh, partly for our love of comics and also our love of Star Wars, hence Rebels. Um, now the way this podcast got started was, um, Kaylin and I, we would hang out and it seems like whenever we hung out, we would start talking about comics. And if you love comics, which I'm sure you do, if you if you're listening to this podcast, um, you know that when you meet someone else who likes comics, you kind of have that mutual bond and it creates a friendship and a bonding and an openness that allows for disagreement, that allows for, for fun times and fun conversations, which leads to great friendships. Um, and so with that being said, that's a little bit about how the comp podcast got started. We don't want to spend too much time on that because we got a lot to uncover this week. So, Kaylin, you want to tell them a little bit about what we're going to uncover this week? All right, here's the menu for tonight. What's happening right now in the world of comics? We're going to get you a little bit up to date as to what's coming out, what you can expect, and what's really been reviewed really well. Uh, we'll be talking about media news. We'll be diving into some comic review. We're going to roll with some Star Wars, the flavor going on right now these days. We're going to throw it down in a big old ultimate battle fight, and we're going to show you a little bit about Phase 2. We're going to break it down, let you know a little bit more about Ultron, a little bit where he came from, where he's going, what's his MO. Going to give you a top five of the week and trivia questions, and someone's going to, the lucky winner is going to get a heck of a gift. I mean, we're talking done. De la creme. De la creme. Um, and with that trivia question, um, we'll want you to submit your answers to our email with your name and your address and everything like that. But to start off, dude, the Fantastic Four trailer. You watched yes. it this week? I watched it. I don't... Okay, how did you like it? Did you like it? Um, I thought it had potential. Um, my biggest thing is I kind of have this stigma in my mind that Fantastic Four automatically associates with crap. And the reason that is is because if you watch Silver Surfer... Or um, the first Avengers, you kind of you kind of have that feeling that Fox can't really do what Marvel can do. True. Um, and True. so, with that being said, I kind of went in with a biased opinion that this thing isn't going to be everything that they're hoping it's going to be. But I would be so happy um, if I was proven wrong with that. I think it's kind of got a cast, almost like when you first saw Fantastic Four. You, I mean, not Fantastic Four, but whenever you saw. Guardians, you thought, uh, that's an interesting cast. I, I mean, it could be good, but probably it's going to be okay. But then it blew off your socks. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy really freaking, like, it surprised everybody. I love when people blow off my socks. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, this cast, as far as Fantastic Four goes, I don't know what to expect. So far, I'm a little, bi- I don't really feel so good about it, but... I hope to be proven wrong. Honestly, I do, because I think it really is, it's a stable, it's a cornerstone in the comic franchise, especially for Marvel, and if they're doing it again, obviously they're trying to reestablish that cornerstone because they've lost so much continuity with the last one they brought. Well, they need to. Look at the Marvel Universe and what the basis and the first thing that there was was 
Exactly. Fantastic and I mean, that was, the, that was the building stone for Spider-Man. That's where Spider-Man got his first break, was through his first appearance, was through the Fantastic Four. Besides Amazing Fantasy 15. I mean, Amazing Fantasy, but he was of an appearance. Right. I agree. Yes. Um, Indiana Jones, Chris Pratt. Mm, what do you think? Um, I, don't, I don't know if we really need another Indiana Jones. I mean, I like Indiana Jones. Uh, I, you know, Temple Doom, Razorlock Stark, all that. I, I love it. I don't like Crystal Skull, no, um, and no. I don't think many people did. Um, but Got I'm a little hope, too weird. I'm hoping this reboot kind of gets back to basics of what Indiana Jones is. Kind of like a snark, um, um, smart, intellectual kind of man that don't take crap from no one. But I'm hoping, why couldn't they just make a whole new regime? Why couldn't they make a whole new series? Why do they have to tap back into Indiana Jones? Are they? I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like they are. I mean, why would you need to go and build off of that when you could just start something new with Chris Pratt? Chris Pratt is a hunk. Chris Pratt right now is hot. His stock is he, very he is, high. He is so hot. Everybody's <laughs> wanting him to do something new. I know I am. Oh. Well, <laughs> I mean... Indiana Jones, that's classic. That's iconic. I mean, I was on my way to work today, and they were talking on the radio about how Harrison Ford, the main things on the Indiana Jones that we know about that were iconic, he improvised. Who's doing Indiana Jones? Lucas Films? Like, does Lucas Film Freaking A. I think Disney. Disney? Well, Disney bought Disney all of Lucas it. Films, right? Yeah. Nice. Um, okay. Cool. That sounds good. Oh, oh, back to Fantastic Four. Quick question for yes. you. Who do you think that was laying on the table? Do you think it was Von Doom? I don't know. I mean, Von Doom being contained on a table like that, I don't know. Why? What What puts him on that table? What's going exactly. on? Exactly. Yeah. I and know. I mean, honestly, the work I saw, the concept art, thus far, as far as the characters look, I think the thing definitely has a better look than he did in the last one. Um, it's the Human Torch. That's kind of the big thing that's getting on everybody is the Human Torch. About him, I mean, historically, Human Torch was Caucasian male. And Caucasian male, yeah. He looks to be African American. Now, whether the storylines changed or whether he's an adopted brother instead of a biological brother to miss visibility. Not that we have a problem with that. Visible girl. It's just. We're all about keeping to the comics here. Um, well, they shut down the last franchise because they say they got too far off base, and then right now you're starting off this new re- this new regime with a stinking. <laughs> they've already changed it. Yeah, this Chris much. Chris Evans can't be uh, Flame and Torch again. That's for sure. Well, true, and he's a much better Captain America than he is. Oh yeah. Flame Torch. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you put those two characters together, and Captain America is way better than oh, yeah. Human Torch. Okay, you watched Gotham this week. Gotham, of course. Oh yeah, man. What do you think? Oh, what did I think? <laughs> what did I think? What do you think, man? Well, we know that uh, he's reinstated. And Victor Zaz, man. The real deal. The real deal, man. Were you happy that Fish escaped? No. I'm wanting Fish to die. <laughs> I, you, you and me both, man. But I'm just as happy, though, that her butler died. Or her, after her, he, yeah, her, her, her right hand man. Yeah, her right hand man. Died. After he betrayed his best friend, and yeah, then he no told kidding. him that he stole all the the good cuts of meat. We saw him die, right? He got shot. Didn't no, we? we didn't. We see didn't him see die. him die. Actually, we did. That's kind of what it alluded to was yeah. that he died, right? But he'll probably find a way to get away, like Fish did. Okay, here's my question: If you're Bruce Wayne, and you're trying to get with Selena Kyle, oh dear, do you tap that at his age? Uh, I mean, this could lead to the mental disintegration of Bruce Banner, leading him to become Batman. <laughs> More like if she says... Well, he starts playing around a stinking well and starts falling in, and then he's got this bat fetish. So maybe this is what leads down. Yeah, maybe. Okay, you watching Agent Carter? No, I haven't. No, I haven't either. I've heard good things, though. I've heard good things, too. I, I just haven't... I, I'm busy on Tuesday nights, I think, is when it's on. That's why I haven't been able to watch a Flash either, which kind of isn't good. The little bit I've seen of Flash, I've really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit about, this isn't so much comic news, but more like pop culture news. The Ghostbuster reboot, man. Oh, man. Thoughts, all-female cast. I was excited Kristen when I first Wig. heard that it, their reboot, oh, not so necessarily the reboot, but I thought initially when it came out, they sound, I heard Ghostbusters come back out, and I thought they are going to do maybe a third movie. 
Now that I'm hearing that it's going to be an all-woman cast of Ghostbusters, it's not as much that it's a woman, all women doing it, but just the fact that you'd have to reboot it when you got iconic character like Dan Aykroyd, Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray. Oh man, how funny would that be to be going around with like canes and walkers? Yeah, it's Gordy Weaver in there. That's a huge name. Oh, dude, you see Galaxy? Have you seen Galaxy Quest? Oh yeah, Galaxy dude. Quest. You know they're um, is it IDW? It's coming out with Galaxy Quest uh, comic book now. Are they really? Yeah, it only took them what like ten? No, fifteen years. Come out Tim with the Allen. Galaxy Quest, yeah. That's a good movie. Tim I feel Allen. Like that's very underrated because not a lot of people know about Galaxy. Tim Quest. Allen, uh, Sigourney Weaver, the guy from Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, who else was in there? You had the guy who played on, um, Monk, whatever his Monk, name was. Monk, yeah. Uh, oh, I liked him more on. Um, I can't think of it. Wings. Wings, yeah, dude, I love Wings. Wings was good, and it has that uh, that guy from uh, uh, George of the Jungle. What's his name? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The, yeah, the skinny. Um, let me look it up because that's gonna he drive played me crazy. It, um, Sandman, Spider Man. Sandman, 3. yeah, he paid. He played Sp- Sandman. <laughs> Dude, I lost all my tabs, bro. But that's okay, because I got all my knowledge up here. And headstrong. And headstrong. Oh, oh wait. Um, so, yes, I'm okay, headstrong. Okay, but back to Indiana Jones. Do you think there should be an Indian, another Indiana Jones? Um, I feel like it's too quick. Because I, I feel like that the last Indiana Jones, not to mean to cut you off, they almost made it allude to Shia LaBeouf was going to be taking on the new role. At the end, during the wedding, when the hat kind of rolled at his feet. After Wings, Shia LaBeouf just kind of sucked for me. Besides Transformers, I like Transformers. Yeah. Kid really fell off. Fell way off. Oh, Thomas Hayden Church. Duh, I knew that. That's his name. The guy from... Um, Wings. Wings, yeah. And George of the Jungle. But do you think they should? I, 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 I'm I okay with it. I'll watch it. But I feel like it's really quick after the Crystal Skull. But now that Disney owns it all, they're just trying to jump on that gravy yeah. train. In which the first three Indiana Jones weren't really... I mean, they were good and they were clean. But I mean, they weren't really children's movies. I feel like Disney kind of has that children's movie type vibe. You can't really get too dark going into that. What a dude. But that Force Awakens trailer though. That's a great segue into our next topic. <laughs> Force Awakens. Here we go. Diving into Star Wars. Should we talk about the comic first? Yeah, let's talk about the comic first. What'd you think? I liked it. I thought it was good. I definitely want to see the second one. I want uh, to subscribe. I, I really liked how at the end there was Luke and Darth Vader getting ready to throw down. But what are your thoughts on um why why didn't Darth Vader kill Chewbacca? Um, He's too focused on Luke. You think that is, or that Chewbacca's too big of a character for them to ever kill off? Well, you can't kill him off, because this comic book, for those out there listening, this comic book happens between A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back. And, I mean, you got Bubba Fett in there. Yeah, in the background. That's pretty cool. Oh, or you got Django. Wait, fan. that's in J- that, Django. Django. Fan. But that's going to be in um, Darth Vader 1. Yeah, Darth there's Darth Vader. Vader 1 coming out. Yeah. They're doing like everything. Disney's jumping on that Grave Jane. Well, they have to, man. The Star Wars is coming out. Princess Leia 1. Yeah, I wouldn't subscribe to that. <laughs> of course not. Unless she's going to be in that suit the whole time. <laughs> I mean, um, I love my wife very much. Oh, yeah. So where did this book fall in with the Star Wars timeline for you? It fell between New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, but as far as, like, I thought it was good, the ending is really what made, kind of sold me. Oh, that was good, wasn't it? It was. But it doesn't really fit with the timeline as far as the movie goes, because in Empire Strikes Back, that's when he initially finds out that he can talk to Ben Kenobi through his training with Yoda. They're trying to make it sound like he knows right now how to communicate with Ben, which the only time Ben Kenobi, Obi-Wan connected with him was whenever he told him... Right. To not use the headset when he was destroying the Death Star but in you, New Hope. But you gotta admit, that was pretty awesome when he says, Luke, listen to me carefully. Run. Run. Exactly. Dude, that was like... It's good. The last it word in this book is run, and it's coming from Obi-Wan Kenobi saying, Luke, right now you cannot take Darth Vader. No. You need to run. Um, not that Darth would kill Luke, but... Well, he might. I don't. Do you think he knew that Luke was his son at that point? Um. Because how? It does, depends on where it lies in in the story, man. In the Star Wars trilogy, the original three, they never tell how Vader found out Luke was his son. Yeah. I mean, it just kind of happened all of a sudden for Vader knowing that. 
But you have to think about in this comic, as far as the timeline goes, it really is a good comic. It it kind of tells a little bit more about. Honestly, the thing that intrigues me the most is kind of the backstory of Han Solo, which mm-hmm. Disney's announced they're going to do a solo for Han Solo movie or comic movie, book movie. It's really, the Rumbles. It's kind of is it going to be right him now. as a smuggler before? Yes. Oh, that's, that's it's going to be what he was doing during the first three original, like the first three original Star Wars: Phantom Menace, Clone hmm. Wars, Revenge of the Sith. So, let me ask you this: out of ten stars, what would you rate this comic? I'd rate this one at a solid maybe 7.5 or 8. I think, I, I think I'd go 8.5 or 8.7, something like it's that. It's intriguing, especially the last, the ending of it. It's really what it's, kind of still It's definitely it. good read. And there's what, something like 65 or 70 different variant covers for this one comic? Honestly, what sells me on this comic is the curiosity I have with Darth Vader and Han Solo, the two characters we don't know a ton about. Those two, because honestly... Or at least their backstory. Han, Han Solo, we don't know a lot about his we backstory. Don't know, we don't know a lot about Han, we don't know a lot about Chewie, we don't know a lot about Vader. There's been a lot of speculation, a lot of comic books, a lot of books coming out about Vader, about what he did during that time by separate art. I mean, artists and authors and stuff. But I mean, you know what Luke did growing up? He is out on a moisture farm on Tatooine. Nobody cares about that crap. <laughs> Him booming ra- swamp rats on his T-60 or whatever. <laughs> Racing. Race, whatever he was yeah. doing, nobody really cares about Luke's backstory because really Luke came to fame later on. After what happened to Vader, after Revenge of the Sith, people are curious about that type of thing. Definitely. Especially Han Solo. I mean, that's without Han Solo, I don't know if you have the same Star Wars that we have today. Oh, of course not. That's why that would be cool if somehow they incorporated a little bit of that in the original three. Yeah. Or I shouldn't say original three. The prequels. Yeah. Which... Mm, you know, it would be cool to see a little bit of that, and I, and but we didn't get it, and that's okay. But with Disney, it would have been nice it, to see. I mean, the thing I do feel about Disney is Disney is wanting to meet the needs, the the wants of the audience, and so I feel like they're going to eventually do something like that because you have all these animated series that apparently have quite a bit of money being poured into them. Yeah, like the Clone Wars and stuff. The like Clone that. Wars, yeah. There's a lot of audience. Yeah, I, I haven't watched any of that. I haven't watched it either. But I, I mean, the reviews it gets, the number of ratings it gets, it's off the charts. I mean, it should be watched probably. You're off the charts. We man. should probably watch it. Sometime. You're off the charts. <laughs> oh yeah, but okay. With that being said, talking a little bit about the book, a little bit about the line of things. Force Awakens. This is this is old. This is old news, of course. But this is our first conceptual podcast, so I think it's okay that we we talk about stuff that's happened uh, a few weeks past. Um, what did you think of that lightsaber, man? Well, initially I thought it was pretty sweet because something different is always something cool in the world of Star Wars. I mean, remember the first time we saw Darth Maul with a double-edged lightsaber? It's like, yeah, oh I about gosh. crapped my pants. It was, and I was oh, like, man. I was like ten, and I crapped my pants. Just the initial fight scene we saw, okay, not to get into that deep thing, but the fight scenes we saw in Phantom Menace changed Star Wars forever because then the fights got longer, more elaborate, swinging them around. But anyways, as far as the new lightsaber goes, it's pretty wicked. And You like it. The medieval kind of feel to it. I, I think it's dangerous. I think it is. I don't necessarily... I think it's good for a new idea, but I don't necessarily think it's very useful in a combat fight. and but the thing is disney has to make it its own and by by making this lightsaber and kind of taking this kind of different route it's kind of signifying a little bit that this is a new chapter this is a new chapter disney's gonna want to do what it's gonna what it wants to do yeah and you have to make it their own their it, baby yeah and 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 i think that to see how it's going to be incorporated i don't know if it's going to be something like at the end we see or, or what's going on but um, I know that it's going to be awesome. And when I saw that Millennium Falcon shoot up out of the sand, dude. Chills, man. Chills. Yeah, that was awesome. That Millennium Falcon scene of the movie, when he said the light, oh, man. That's what changed the whole trailer. Like, the Star Wars lightsaber kind of got you going. But then once you simulate and you hear that music going, that's what really sells you on it. And then for those who listen or have seen the trailer, at the very end, there's a brief, like, lightsaber like coming on at the very end, you hear a lightsaber being turned on. Huh, at the end I of the didn't trip. catch that. And they've actually done a parallel side recordings with the with the lightsabers to the old ones, 
This was on the trailer? Yes, and it's actually Luke Skywalker's first lightsaber that he got, and the noise is identical to the one that he had whenever he turned it on when Ben Kenobi gave him the lightsaber initially. Wait, is this theory? No, that's what it has. It's been like people Hmm. have broke it down and found out that it is the identical sound of that lightsaber. Interesting. Which leads me to another point. Yeah. There's been speculations as to what as to what this new movie is going to be about plot line. Yes. And now this is one that's kind of out there, kind of floating around. Is that there's these people on this planet? I don't know if it's Tatooine. It's a it's a sandy planet, and they found (laughs) they collect like Jedi's are. It's like a past history. Like everyone, they're kind of a dying breed, and so people collect things from that past regime, like that past era. Well, one of them is that they find Luke's hand. And his lightsaber. Really? And somehow Han Solo bumps under these people these that find it. And then he's like, well, I haven't seen Luke since the end of The Return of the Jedi. Advanced Warfare's Havoc DLC shows up with four so that's crazy... One Sorry that's about that. Around. That was a little add on the thing. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, in, I'm, I'm intrigued and, I, and I'm ready for it, man. Lots of theories flowing out there. I mean, there's one that says Luke's too powerful, so he has to be isolated on a planet by himself. No. Yeah, there's one that's come no. out like that. Yeah, that he's too powerful to contain. He's too afraid to like be around people with his powers, <laughs> and so people are seeking him out. That he's kind of cut off eyes with everybody, and that he's a loner. Now another one is that. What was it? That Luke's kind of gone bad. Some people think that Luke's no. the one with the lightsaber in that trailer. The the red saber. Something. That means he would have had to kill a Sith. Speculation. Now, oh. there's also... This is another one that's coming out. And due to the... I think it's um, IMDB that there's kind of... In the cast... In the Clone Wars the animated series, they show that there's these people... There's this race. I forget what they're called, but they're not force wielding people but they have sabers lightsabers so so they, they can wield a lightsaber but they, but they can't don't have the use force. the force yes okay so they're not jedi and there's been concept art that's come out where one of these like the leader that's supposed to be the main protagonist is going to have or the main antagonist i should say has a lightsaber and he's holding darth vader's melted helmet in his hand so so one of the theories we've talked about a little bit that you're kind of talking about is that Luke Skywalker had become some sort of Jedi hermit, um, living alone in the wilderness. Kind of like Yoda. Specifically, um, uh, some wilderness that's mountainous or something like that. Um, well, there really hasn't been like anything leaked about as to where his location. Could it be is. the same place where Obi Wan Kenobi was originally? Uh, I don't like Tatooine. Like, no, I think it's going to be kind um, uh, what's it called? Skelling? Skelling, I think is what it's called. Based off the trailer, most of it that's shown looks like it's identical to the Tatooine photos we've seen in the past. Really? But I mean, it's, there hasn't been any speculation as to Luke, and honestly, a lot of people don't think that the main three, the big three, aren't going to be revealed until maybe the end of this trailer. But you would think that he would kind of follow in Obi-Wan's footsteps a little bit. Yeah. Because Obi-Wan, it, it makes sense to me that Luke would follow the path of the Master who initiated him into the ways of the Fourth. So that just seems logical to me. Yeah, but if Luke's become so powerful, though, which Obi-Wan never had that issue of being too powerful. And you look at most powerful Jedis always deal with that conflict of right and wrong. Dude, did you see the sinister picture? Look at this. Oh, crap. I probably can't show you, actually. Sinister picture. Yeah. Come around here. It says, um, a haunted man. Yeah, that's man. the one I was yeah, talking that's about. Yeah, that's the one you were talking yeah. about? Okay. Gotcha. Now I'm with you. Um, and, oh, is... Th- this is where you were, then? On yeah. here? Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm seeing now. No, I, I see that one of the plot theories is that he takes the turn to the dark side. Yeah, that's a very popular theory right now. Is that Luke has gone to the dark side? Why I don't know because they kind of drug out that whole thing with Anakin. I think they'd try something new, you know. Hmm. 
it's too much to have your main character go from bad to good to good to bad. So of these plots, what do you think is most plausible? I think I think for me, the one that's most plausible for me, one that I think that could actually happen is that he's probably too powerful for his own good. Yeah. And that he would have to seclude himself. I feel like that's true, and I feel like... Because I don't think there's any way he could go over to the Sith. But being Luke, being the last Jedi, you feel like... Talking to Obi-Wan like he can. Like we saw at the end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. He's able to talk to those past mentors. I feel like he would be able to train a new generation of Jedi. Well, not only that, he'll always have that consciousness from Obi-Wan telling him this is wrong. You shouldn't be doing this. So exactly. I, I, don't, I don't see that as a, as a credible option uh, for Star Wars Episode Seven. True. But, but if I could you be remember wrong. back I... to the Clone Wars... Whenever Anakin was killing all the sand people, you could hear Qui-Gon telling him not to, but he continued to in his consciousness. Yeah. And, and if they did, if they did go that route, I would be really surprised. But Disney, Disney owns it now. They can do their own thing. They Regardless of what these plot lines that have come out, I feel like it's going to be good. Oh, yeah. Honestly, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking more forward to that than anything else. Can, Avengers is right up there, but... Can I share one of my concerns? Sure. One of my concerns is that um, I really like what J.J. Abrams did with the new Star Trek movies, but I'm really hoping that the Star Wars movie isn't completely like the Star Trek movies exactly. he did. Because if they were, then that would take away a lot of the... Uh, his credibility. His credibility. And, um, and, you know, you watch the original Star Wars, you know... There's, there's humor there. There's R2 and C-3PO's interactions, stuff like that. And um, I'm afraid that that will be um, taken away by J.J. Abrams um, directing it. But I heard he is going back to a lot of the prop ways. Yes. Is that, is that right? Yes. He's going to be using a lot more props, kind of like they did in the original The original, three, yes. If, 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 I'm, if I'm right. And um, I hope that adds credibility to this, and I hope it's in a section of its own. And it's not so much like Star Trek... So much I like Star Trek. Where it's all CGI, <laughs> flashes. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, I mean, I like the Star Trek movies, but this is a big deal, and it needs to be in a, in a league of its own. I mean, we love Star Wars. If you go to our website, which is rebelcomicsalliance.com, haha, see what I did there? Yeah. Um, you'll, see, you'll see our banner is in the Star Wars font. 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 And so, we can thank Kevin Smith for giving us those nuggets about the, the prop scenes. Yeah. There's actually a funny story. He actually emailed... He Wait. had to email someone else, but he emailed Kevin Smith. <laughs> and he told him to come to his set. And he's like, he's like, come anyways, because it's whatever. He got and he showed up. up. And then he showed him. He said, take him to set M for, like, Millennium Falcon. <laughs> and he said once he walked on board the Millennium Falcon set, he, like, broke down in tears and started weeping. Dude, would you, okay, here's the question. You're on that set. Do you weep? I would. Probably not. Why am I? It depends on what I saw. And think about it. Star Wars isn't like what we clung onto. I mean, yes, we loved it as kids, but I mean, it wasn't the big thing. I mean, I feel like Jurassic Park's almost like the thing. Oh, we dude. Had to. Oh, we need to talk about that. Jurassic, Jurassic World. Jurassic Park, that is. That Jurassic is. World, man. Chris Pratt is. He's so hot right now. Hey, Star. Oh my goodness, he's so hot world. right now. It's uh, like plutonium right now. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> Doctor Plutonium. Dr. Plutonium. Hopefully he listens. Oh, if he listens, he's going to be like, thank you. Yeah, right. He's off talking about Zenith and all his anime crap. Vegeta could take could take Superman. <laughs> Vegeta. Vegeta. Uh, but anyway, um, Jurassic World, man. I am really excited for this. Um, Jurassic Park is one of Kayla and I's big interests. So much so, we used to play a game called Jurassic Park Builder. And we played it like it was... Way more than we should have. <laughs> way more than we should have. Way more than we should have. We probably should have spent that time with our wives. Or studying. Or studying. We're college students. Yes. Now uh, we're doctors of now, now, science. And um, I have a, I have a self-proclaimed doctorate in comic books. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made a certificate and everything. Yeah, it's on my wall right now. But anyway, Jurassic World. I'm excited. It's going to be big. And, oh, yeah. and I think we're really in for a treat. And based off the things that they've released as far as the, the island map, you actually get to see where the movie transitions through the different yeah. movies. And, and, if, and if you want to see that, go to our Instagram and check it out. Yeah, and um, we'll have more on the website as well. Oh, absolutely. Detailing it. Absolutely. 
But during the plot, the plot we've heard, because there was a second trailer released that was a sneak release, but it got retracted by the company. Is that what they put out during the championship? They put it out early. But early. There's going to be a very big trailer coming out during Super Bowl. Super Bowl, yes. So be sure to tune in, turn in to the Super Bowl and watch that because there's going to be a big trailer coming For out. For Jurassic World. Yes, where the main antagonist da- dinosaur is going to be revealed. Oh, Dude, the Indominus Rex or something like that. Something like that, dude. I'm excited for it. Um, but that's all we'll say about Jurassic World. There's not a lot out about it right now. Um, but we'll keep you posted in future episodes when stuff comes out. Now, now that you said it, let's just spend a quick minute because it's the big thing this weekend. Super Bowl predictions. Oh man, I want the Seahawks to win, but I feel like the Patriots are going to. Really? Deflated balls or not, I think they'll they'll nut up and. Speaking of deflated hops. balls, what um, what do you think the reprimand should be for the Patriots for that? I don't know. And you got maybe Marshawn, a fine. You got Marshawn Lynch being fined for having gold shoes, but <laughs> that's Mar- the Marshawn Earth Lynch man. is a good player, but he's a. I would not want to be friends with him. I feel like if I spent five minutes with him, I'd probably sack tack him, tap him, or something. <laughs> 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 I feel like Marshawn. Is misunderstood, but I think he's Sergeant Truth like Crabtree. His whole crotch grabbing celebration deal when he dives into the end zone, I don't approve of that. But I feel like what he's doing to rebel against the NFL, and he's got a lot of rights. I mean, the NFL is trying to control people like their property. Did you see him in that interview after he got fined for not uh, interviewing? I'm here, so I don't get fined. And he's like, he's like, he's answering every question. Yeah, 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 yeah. dude, that's pretty cool. Dude, okay, so his hat he's wearing was a beast mode hat. Which yeah. that's what they call him is called Beast Mode. That's his he nickname. He got fined by the NFL because his brand, his brand, him as a player, it wasn't approved through the NFL. That's ridiculous. That's the NFL, man. But they won't find the Patriots because they found 11 <laughs> yeah. of their 12 balls. In the championship game. Yep. Um, Not that the Colts were going to win. I honestly think the Patriots and Seahawks are the two best teams in the Super Bowl. Well, maybe the Packers kind of blew it there. And it's not like the first time they cheated or anything. Yeah. But you got video game, you got, I mean. Anyway, yeah, I, I agree. I hope the Seahawks win. Um, yeah, definitely. But if I had to make a prediction, I'm going to say 21-14 Seahawks. I'm going to say 23-20 Pats. Pats? But I will be pulling for the Seahawks. I'll be glad to be wrong. All right. Let's see who's closer, and uh, this will be interesting. This will be fun. This yeah, will be good. You're coming out to my farm. I'm coming out to your farm. We're going to be watching it out at your place. The so. family farm. With your family. With my family. All right, dude. We're at 31 minutes. So, um, should we dive into our versus battle? Yeah, dude. We're right along. We're, All we're right. about halfway there. Yeah, dude. We're, we're about halfway there. Um, we've, we've talked big stuff. We've talked news. We've talked, we've talked comics. Now it's time to get into the epic mashup that we're going to have every week. All right, let's bring this it. Is this is the biggest thing. This is a segment we like to call Versus. 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 Throwdown breakdown of the week. Throwdown breakdown of the week. I like that. Throwdown breakdown super battle of the week. No, not super <laughs> Throwdown breakdown super battle of uh, fighting and stuff of Throw the week. Throwdown breakdown epic mega battle of the week. Of the week. All right. This week. Namor versus Hulk. Namor versus Hulk. The Submariner. So, the I, Submariner. The su- now, I actually have Submariner number one. Yes, you do, which... It's awesome because I got it at a con for fifty cents. I'm jelly. Um, but okay. Um, do we each want to start out um, saying who we think would win, and a little bit of why we think they win? Well, how we're setting it up is Sawyer's going to give you a little bit more info on the Hulk. A lot of people know a lot about the Hulk. I mean, he's real popular. But I'm going to. Are give you saying him... I don't know anything about Namor? <laughs> I'm going to give it. No, oh, uh, Sawyer knows a lot. I mean, about both. But he's going to get more towards the side leaning towards the Hulk. I'll be giving more of the side leaning towards Namor. And, and mainly cause... because I think the Hulk, um, in certain circumstances, would win. And you think that Submariner, in certain circumstances, um, would win. But we're gonna we're just gonna throw out what we know and. Um, and why we picked this character, and we would love your guys' feedback. So if you guys want to post on Twitter what you think or what you think on Instagram or go to our website and leave comments, rebelcomicsalliance.com, um, leave comments, leave feedback, um, let us know what you think. You can even email us, and, and we promise to respond to your emails. Um, and that's rebelcomicsalliance at gmail.com. Now, 
this is our input. Now, we're kind of self-proclaimed experts knowing this stuff, but we're really not. So um, we could say something. You might disagree with it, and that's perfectly fine. That's what's beautiful about the comics community. You can disagree with someone, and I won't take offense to it because it's so vast. It's such a big universe that how can I say that every time this person would win? So, But we'd love it if you'd respond with your name. I'm not your name, but I mean – Respond with what you know, what your information is backing it up, if you've got some vital stuff that you can post. I mean, educate us. I mean, yeah, we're not here to say we know more than you. We're just here to tell you what we've learned so far. Exactly. And if we say something that's comic heresy, let us know. That's fine. We won't take offense to that because we want to learn. We want to grow. We want to build this thing into something that is true, that is epic, and ultimately brings enjoy- enjoyment to you. So, um, yeah. Um, with that being said, do you want me to go first talking about Hulk? Absolutely. All right. Um, the reason why, um, I think Hulk would win, um, especially on land. Okay. Mm. That's my thing. Especially on land. I think Hulk would win because he possesses the potential for near limit, limitless levels of vast superhuman strength. Um, and that's raging beyond the limits of virtually any other known human being. Gotta throw that in there. Um, which I would almost say that Namor is a humanoid. Oh, definitely, except um, for those wings on his feet. Achilles. On his Achilles heel. On his Achilles heel. It almost has like that little Hermes type thing going on. And you know, and that's all, of course, depending directly on his emotional state and particularly his anger. And so I think the more that, that Namor and Hulk fight, and I think Hulk can um, keep himself up for a bit, um, the anger he'll get, which means he'll get stronger. And he can ultimately resist any extreme damage that... that Submariner could inflict on him, um, and he's able to bound leaps up to three miles. Um, I think, and that would help with his eluding. But with that being said, Namor can't fly. Namor can fly. Um, about seventy miles an hour. But the thing about Namor is, is that the longer he's out of water, the weaker, the weaker he, gets. he gets. So outside of water, I think it's hands down not a not not even, even a question ra- even if it's raining out even even if it's raining out what if they're fighting in a puddle <laughs> hey hulk don't go anywhere don't go anywhere hulk <laughs> get back I, to my I'm puddle get in my puddle <laughs> <laughs> um, if it's anywhere outside of water hulk takes the advantage now there is times there is times in wa- that where they fought in water and it was no question no bout submariner one am i correct that's correct um so He's got powerful legs, he's super strong, and the, and the ability to gain strength from his anger gives him the upper edge outside of water. Where would you place the Hulk's power range? I mean, you say it's limitless, um, but on a scale, where would you say it's kind of ranging towards? Like, let's, are you saying just like flat out, like just, Hulk, okay, Hulk's angry, he becomes the Hulk, right? Like, I'm saying like, he gets angry, he starts off where he can lift like a thousand tons. Oh, he can lift way more than a thousand tons. What would you place him towards, though? Um, I mean, there are characters stronger than the Hulk. Oh, that's a statement. Heck yeah. <laughs> would you stand by that statement? We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, I think that um, I would place him as much he can lift. Oh, I guess I would agree with that because Superman can lift the whole Earth. Yeah. But um. But I can't. I can't really say how much strength he has because he has unlimited strength, depending on how angry he is. So if I had to give you a rough number, which I couldn't. Um, but think of this too. Though. I don't know. And think about a punch in the face like that. But man. strength isn't everything. Look at what Wolverine did to the Hulk. And you wouldn't place whole. I mean, Wolverine in the top Whoa. tier of strength. I mean, he's probably right around. He's probably a little above Captain America or at Captain America's strength. Well, you think Hulk has healing factor and animantium and stuff like that, but if Wolverine um, does, yeah, that's what I mean. Wolverine does. Um, well, Hulk has a little bit of a healing factor as well, though. He does have a good healing factor. Um, uh, I, I, I would place his strength easily in the top five. Top five, I, hey, see, Hulk just—he's so popular because of what came out with him in the first ones. Mm-hmm. I feel like Hulk, top ten. Top ten strength wise, he's de- pure brute strength. Strength going on that, I'd say. Yeah, you're probably right. Top five. I think he's right at number five. But okay? with his strength, think about his durability he has. 
Does yeah, he but, doesn't get weaker. But he gets mindless, stronger. He's yeah, mindless. He's, he's not super smart. He wastes energy doing Which, stuff. Which that's one aspect, um, kind of a kind of a wild card that Namor has. He's a lot smarter, so he can be more strategic against the Hulk. And he's ancient. But you look at ancient people in the Marvel universe, like Apocalypse. They're vastly majority smarter. They have that experience. They have all that knowledge that comes with age. Sure, but. Sometimes you just can't argue with. You cannot be, yeah. Yeah, strength. with 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 strength. Um, but unrelated to his physical abilities, um, he can he can see really well. Um, he can see things that are normally invisible to the human eye. Um, he can always locate his place of birth, which doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> and um, even when he's not Hulk, he's so smart, man. When he's not Hulk. When he's not Hulk, yeah. But what can he do as he's not Hulk? He can plan. Say if he knows this battle's gonna happen. Say he knows Namor's gonna but battle. But does that plan, does that that memory that he's made, does that stay with him as No, Hulk? it doesn't. But if he knows that he's gonna fight Namor, he can set traps ahead of time and not even have to worry about it when he's in his Hulk state. Mm. But I'm, you never see Hulk doing that, though. Probably not. I mean, the Hulk, he's strong, he's angry. If you put him in a cage with somebody, he's probably going to do pretty good. But when you have the whole world as your playground, but on and land, that playground's three fourths of that playground is water. Sure, um, but say they're meeting in Kansas. Oh dear lord! Uh, <laughs> um, he can maintain his peak output for hours. Sure. And fighting Namor on land. Are right, you want me to tell you about Namor to kind of combat that? Um, on end, and he can st- he can continue to grow more powerful through that. Yeah, but once you hit a certain spot, I mean, strength isn't everything. I mean, yeah, yes, no, he's going to grow more powerful. I, I agree with you, but um, if it's in the water, hands down, I agree that Namor would win. And sure, that's three quarters of the earth. But I think the angrier he gets, the more mindless he gets, the more he's not controlling what he's doing. It's not you like think? as he gets more angry, he's not going to become more focused. You think? All right, as Bruce Banner, normally he weighs 128 pounds, but as Hulk, he weighs 1,040 pounds. Now, that's nothing for Submariner. He's really strong. Yeah, Namor is immensely strong. He has super strength, but his super strength doesn't equate anywhere near to Hulk's super strength. No, 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 no. There's only a few people who are in that class. Now, okay, let me let me just say this, My, and then and then yeah. Um, out of ten fights, I would say Hulk would win six of five. That's how close it would be, in my opinion. See, okay, that was where on land. Here we go. Let me dive into a little bit about Samaritan. Here's a little few of his feats. Let's see. In one of the earlier episodes, I mean one of the earlier comics where he's in, um, he lifts up a World War II destroyer that weighs between 2,000 and 3,000 tons. And he threw it like nothing. He throws it with one hand with ease. Now, as far as his ultimate strength peaks, who knows where that's at. I mean, you're always going to have variants throughout the age of comics. I mean, characters like Thornhulk... Throughout oh, time, which, it becomes so much more. Well, Thor fought the Hulk in um, the Incredible Hulk uh, TV movie or whatever. Yeah, which I mean, in media, that's crap. That's crap. And the media loves Hulk. I mean, of course, we'll get into that some other time. But I mean, honestly, we're we're gonna break those theories. We're not here to conform with the rest of society about the way things really are. All right. While being held down by Magneto's power, Namor slams his fist into the ground and makes an impact that causes the entire island to quiver. That's not really nothing special. During an underwater collision, Namor hits Hulk so hard that he flies miles back to the shore and reverts back to Bruce Banner, and Namor walks right up to him. Well, yeah, because you think underwater, like, you swing your arm underwater, it's a lot slower. But he's quick and agile. Yeah. Namor's quick and agile underwater. He's got, like, that fish stuff. Yeah. Yeah, whenever he walks over to him, Bruce Banner's... Unconscious. He doesn't even recognize him because he's he's not the Hulk. Um, Namor carries like a fifty-ton anchor in one hand while he's flying. So that tells how like strong he can be just through air flight. Um, I don't know. I mean, Namor's pretty strong. I mean, as far yeah, as strength he, goes, he's got enough strength to where he's not going to be completely defenseless. Right. I, I agree. I agree. Punches. He could hold his own on, on on land as well. It's just the idea that he gets weaker. Makes me think that the the Hulk would the Hulk would now Namor can throw a seashell so hard it becomes as destructive as an artillery shell. Well, think how hard. uh, And he's got a lot of seashells to throw. (laughs) 
take my speech. He can just he can just take it off his little woman bra. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I don't really know. I mean, Namor dodges an attack coming at him at mock speeds. Really. So I, as far as that goes, I mean, the only element that kind of sets these two apart is that the Hulk can really. I mean, he's super strength. And he right. can bound for miles. But, I mean, Namor can fly. I don't know how valuable that's going to be. But if he could get the Hulk over into the water, which I feel like he would be able to. You think? You, he plans. It just depends on where, where it is, you know. Yeah, and they say really mobile in there. I mean. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, do you want me to jump into the comics a little bit? Yeah, do it. Alright, um, let's look at some of the mashups they had in the comics. So we're looking at, like, Avengers number 3 from 1964. Uh, Submariner wins that fight. Okay, Tales to Astonish number 100, okay? Uh, Hulk wins, although Namor was not knocked out by the, by the Hulk's attack. He, he did have to remove himself from the fight because he was getting hurt in this exchange. So, Hulk won because he had to leave, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Um, in The Incredible Hulk um, 118 from 1969, uh, Submariner wins, okay? Uh, Submariner number 34 in 1970, that one was a draw. Submariner 35 in 1970. There was no winner, okay? Marvel feature number one, it was a draw. Um, Marvel feature number two, it was a draw. No winners. Um, the Defenders number four, there's no winners. Um, the Defenders number 52 is a draw. They have, a, they have fought a lot in the comics. So it, it seems appropriate that in our first comic book podcast, we talk about this matchup, right? Now, see, and going back to the Hulk, his strength gives him durability, correct? I mean, the Hulk's got that healing factor as well. Here's a few feats. I mean, I'm kind of drifting off a little bit of topic here. Sure, that's fine. Namor, here's a few more feats of his durability. When the Human Torch got at his ultimate heat, when he tried to take out Namor, yeah. he passed out. Namor carried the Human Torch to see, to save his life. On fire? Yes. He, <laughs> really? Nate, the heat does not apparently bother him. As, I mean, we know that if he's out of the water too long, it does affect him over a period of time. And then he does lose his power and become virtually just a normal mortal like you and me. But it says here that he does not, he's not affected by super yeah. heat. And he takes the equivalent of a nuke in the face in his barely the, A nuke? A nuke in the really? face. Hmm. Although it blows him into sea, it doesn't affect him. Do you not think Hulk could take a nuke? Take a duke? I think the whole, <laughs> I think he could because, I mean, the epic battles that he fights in, a, mm-hmm. a punch in the face from Thor is going to be the equivalent of a nuke sure. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, I agree. Um, you know, in the water, sure, I'll give the edge to Namor. But on land, which is where most of, the, most of their fights took place, it was, it was on land. Um, okay, so final tally for all the matchups that Hulk and Namor have had. They've had 38 matchups, and most of them were either there wasn't a winner or there was a draw. But out of the ones where there was a clear winner or someone had the clear edge, it's tied 4-4. Four to four. Hulk 4, Submariner 4. And you got to realize that Marvel is kind of genius in doing this because they don't want one superhero to be better than another because how could one superhero who's standing for good and who's standing for something that's right be better than another? Plus, how could you be a fan of a guy who's a loser? They're going to want you to pull for a guy. If you like some right. and you saw him get beat up by the Hulk a whole bunch of times, you're not going to want... Right. I, no, no, I totally agree with you. Um... We need to get moving into Ultron, bro. We're at about uh, 47 minutes. Okay. And we have we need to talk about we're gonna have to talk about Ultron quick, okay. and then we'll get into our trivia question. So, um, for those who don't know, um, Ultron's first appearance was in Avengers 54. Um, he was he was kind of mocking as the Crimson Cowl. Um, for for the majority of the issue, and then kind of like toward the end, the last panels, um, they unveil that it's it's Ultron Five. Um, now in fifty five, you kind of get the full fledged experience uh, of Ultron. And what what do you, what are you thinking? Um, with with okay, let me let me ask you this: with the Avengers Two movie coming out, right now, this is old news. We realize that. Would you have have picked Ultron as the ultimate villain? That dubs uh, uh, the main villain Loki? in a movie. You think Ultron's a better villain than Loki? Um, better or stronger? Both. 
Um, I think that Ultron is ooh, stronger because he's not he's not um, okay. He doesn't have emotion really. Sure. And emotion is a big part of any battle because once your emotions get involved, you can be a loose cannon and you can lose something. And we've seen that with Loki. Um, Ultron, on the other hand, his main purpose is to kill human life. Every been on his brother Thor. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, Ultron's main main purpose is to kill human life. Um, so, with that being said, that him being a robot gives him that ultimate drive to kill um, others. And for those of you out there who don't know a whole bunch about Ultron, he was originally created by Ant-Man... Or right, Hank Pym, and yeah. basically what happened was Hank Pym was creating a like an AI device which he imprinted himself on, which had a major superiority complex on it. Thus, it rebelled on Hank Pym, knocking him unconscious, and then it didn't show up for years until you don't find out that storyline until years after Ultron's been made right. in the comics. But to give you out there, Hank, I mean, Ultron was the first person in comic history to have the metal adamantium. Yes, before Wolverine. Not the little runt with claws. Because <laughs> he was, yeah, because he was made completely of adamantium, which gives yeah. him so much strength and so much power. Um, which, that's only through Ultron number five. Right, there's 18 different Ultrons. Which every time Am I he correct goes, on that? Yeah, something like that. Which everyone is an upgrade. Every version you see of him. Outside of number one is an upgrade from his original. So what Ultron are we going to see in Avengers? They say that it can go. it's probably going to go up to number five. If you look at the trailer, you see a whole bunch of them coming out of the water. You see the one walking in tor- towards them that's all broken up, mm-hmm. which could be a two or a three. Who knows how the original right. processor comes in because Ultron is a computer, but he can never die. His consciousness moves to different locations. It's never a focal point. Sure, sure. And I think that I think that we're really in for a treat because Ultron, yeah. he is powerful. Um, a lot of people, I mean, we knew about Ultron, yeah. obviously. Um, but those who don't know a lot about Ultron, I think have this conception like, oh, he's just a robot. But he's much more than that. Yes. And I don't want to ruin too much of it for you, and I don't know where Marvel's going to take it, but what I know of Ultron is that we're in for a real treat, and I think that it's really awesome that James Spader does the voice of Ultron because he has a great voice. I don't think it'll be over after this movie. No, I, I don't think so either. I think that'll lead right up into the Secret Wars. Or the Civil War? or Secret War. Yeah? I don't the, know how the, big kind a spot this, he'd have Kind in of the, the speculation War. they're talking about yeah. right now. Yeah. There's mumbles about a Secret Wars coming out. For those of you who read it. Which, in my hand right now, I am holding <laughs> a Secret Wars number eight. First appearance of the black suit. Spider-Man. First appearance of the black suit. Now, anyway, actually, I have the whole set of Secret Wars here because we love Secret Wars. Secret Wars is what brought us into this. All right. So, I, does that cover Ultron enough for you? What do you think? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, just quick question. What's your Holy Grail book? Holy Grail book. What's your Holy Grail? You get one book, man. If I could have any book. Have any book, not value. Don't worry about monetary value at all. But if you could have one book. That'll make you crap your pants. Oh, it's got to be a whole page, 181. Really? So you love Wolverine that much? I don't love Wolverine, but I have to respect that book. Okay. Because honestly... I appreciate that. That's a good choice. Wolverine's the hottest, aside from Deadpool right now, Wolverine is the hottest character. They've made the, it seems they've made the most Marvel movies about him, getting oh, there at least. Or he's been in the most Marvel movies. Yeah. I, th- I think. You can correct me on that. I... It was just thinking briefly in my no, head. Hugh Jackman's completely devoted to that role. I would say mine. Mine, maybe... That'd be in my top five for sure. Amazing Fantasy? Maybe Amazing Fantasy 15, but I, I, off the top of my head, I'd, I'd have to go with uh, Giant Size X-Men 1. Because you know I have a lot of the Giant Size number ones. Yeah? Yeah. Um, and that's the book that kind of revolutionized the X-Men. Mm. You know? Introduction True. of a lot of new characters... Um and and really it's it's an intriguing comic. I mean I have it digitally, but I don't have like the physical book. Now what would you say the best book you own now is? The most valuable comic you own now? I have a Spider Man number twenty seven. Gotcha. Um mine um well I just sold off two really nice comics I had, which I'm kind of upset that I sold that. I 
I recently sold my Uncanny X-Men 266, which if you know anything about that, that's the first appearance of Gambit. And after I sold it, about a week and a half later, they officially announced that they were coming out with a Gambit movie, and it jumped in price. So that's my luck. And I sold it for what? I, I sold that in Silver Surfer number two for like 90 bucks, I think is what I got for it. Which I need the money, so it's good. I mean, it's alright. But I say the most valuable book I own right now is either my Submariner 1. Um, I have The Breaking of the Bat. Um, I have a couple CGC comics, but they're not. I, oh, I have the Frankenstein Monster number 9, which is pretty cool. Uh, Frankenstein fights Dracula. But anyway. Actually, now, the book that I I search for the most. Like, like you search for on eBay or something. One that I'd like to have, but the one I search for the most. It's got to be X-Men number 13. X-Men 13. Juggernaut. First appearance of the Oh, of course. Or um, I would want uh, Fantastic 448, First Galactus and Silver Surfer. Mm. Or I would like a... Um, Was it Thor number five where the Silver Surfer and Hulk fight on the the Rainbow Bridge? Maybe. I, I don't know off the top of my head. Happens in Asgard. Yeah, I've been looking for that one. Vingardia Leviosa. Leviosa. Harry Potter. Okay, are you ready to move on? Yeah. All right, now this is a segment we like to do every week, and it's coming to you now fast. <laughs> it's a segment we like to call Top 5. Um, and every week we're going to come up with a Top 5 or a Top 10 that, that we'd like to talk about and um, get our opinions. This is always differing between us. Um, and get your feedback. Tell us what you'd like to hear, our Top 5 or Top 10 what. Let us know, and we would, we'd love to incorporate it into our into our podcast and we'll of course give you a shout out for suggesting it um so top five comic based movies um do we each want to say like i'll go my number five then you go your number five yeah or vice versa all right my number five is ghost rider spirit of vengeance oh, good <laughs> just kidding <laughs> um, you cheeky slag my number five is the first spider-man with toby mcguire because i remember mm. anticipating this this movie and, and and it lived up to what i hoped it'd be and I remember um, the excitement I felt um, watching that movie. Um, oh, another comic I'd really like is Amazing Spider-Man 129, First Punisher. That'd be another one. Anyway, what's your number five? Uh, Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I think that just the whole Bane aspect. I mean, you had the the first two Batman, you really didn't see him that vulnerable. It was more of situations where his loved ones were vulnerable, but... And- this one kind of brought him down to earth. And you think about what most people had with their experience of Bane before that was in a really crappy movie. <laughs> yeah, Snake Venom. Uh, yeah, the Snake Venom. Yeah. Um, but really, I was really surprised. I was really nervous when they announced Bane because I was like, oh, they got to do this good. And when they, and they did, did and they knocked it out of the park, hey, I, I totally agree. That should be – that could be in your top five. That, yeah. that That's definitely top ten. All right. My number four that I have, which a lot of people have this higher on the list, um, but I don't um, for for my own personal reasons, is Captain America Winter Soldier. I remember sitting in the movie theater with you, getting our socks blown off watching that movie. Um, Way better than the first one. Oh, dude, Bucky Barnes, man. Bucky oh, when he didn't Barnes. know who he was. Dude, that was emotional. Yeah. And, and I was intrigued, and I was into it, and my yeah. wife was like, who's that? Who's that? And I'm like... Bucky Barnes. <laughs> Barnes, come on, man. Bucky Barnes. And then you see him beat the crap out of Captain America. Uh, well, he lets him do it. It's not like he. Oh sure. Well, I mean, if you were if you were Bucky and I was Captain, because of course I'd be Captain America. Look at this body. <laughs> um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't shoot you. I Bucky kill doesn't you. know who he is, though. I mean, from what it sounded like, he probably killed a few. He killed a U.S. president, from what it sounded like. Hail Hydra. Just kidding. <laughs> Hail Hydra. I can't. Robert Redford, you bastard. <laughs> well, we got to edit that out. <laughs> All right, what's your number four, man? I got Guardians of the Galaxy at number four. Number four, really? I thought that'd be higher on your list. See, as much as I love a good comedy... Okay, I'm not going to bash it. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. That's a movie I can watch over and over again. And I mean, it, honestly, it surpassed my expectations big time. It was funny. It had a lot of action. I didn't think I'd get into the whole space type thing like I would, but and then yeah, it definitely it, it was surprising for sure. And Rocket was a big surprise. Rocket made that movie. Oh yeah, he was funny. All right, you want uh, my number three? I had Guardians. I had Guardians as number three um, for a lot of the same reasons you did. Um, we actually just watched that a couple weeks ago again. 
And I laughed. I, it, it's a movie that continually makes me laugh, and it's a movie that continue. Oh, excuse me. Continually piques my interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my favorite part is when uh, Rocket asks for that guy's uh, leg. <laughs> but anyway, I need his eye. I need, no, I, I, I really, I really need it. it. <laughs> All right, what's your number three, man? I got Avengers at number three. Avengers at number three. Yeah, hmm. and really, it would be a lot higher if Marvel wouldn't just kiss the butt of certain characters in the movie. Kiss the butt of certain characters. I mean, I like Thor, and I mean. I think Thor is the most powerful person in the Marvel Universe. I think he's the most powerful. I think he's more powerful than Superman. But we'll get into that another we'll time. Later. We'll get into that another time. And I won't disagree with you on it yet, but I mean, right. I think that... He's up there, man. There's a lot they don't more. do him justice. They don't. They yeah. don't let him just, like, sure. free. They don't set him loose. They always have these restrictions on him, and I don't know. There's too much love for the Hulk. I mean, Hulk's iconic, well, but... And if you think, if they really pushed Thor or even Superman to their limits, there'd be no there'd be no contest. No. And they and you gotta have a contest. Yeah. Um anyway. There wouldn't be a movie if they'd unleashed Thor. Yeah, sure. Because Thor single handedly could have taken down the he enemies. He could break in the things first into atoms, man. Exactly. Which we'll and get into that later. Yeah. Well. Okay. We're, we're jumping. At, we're jumping. We're jumping the kite a little bit. This is just the inaugural podcast. Yeah. All right. Uh, my number two, I have Avengers. Um. Did I skip number three? No. Number two. I have Avengers. Um. I remember. I watched this with you. You as well in the theaters. We've basically watched all. Of <laughs> um. And uh, I remember being excited. Um. And it blew my socks off. And, and it was, in my opinion, it was one of the best. It was the. I think it is the best Marvel movie that's come out thus far, uh, Marvel wise. Um. Just because they were kind of turning a new page. Um, kind of getting the whole whole group, which which if you look at the Avengers, it'd be cool. Oh, that re- sorry, I- I'm kind of going off track. What if with this Black Panther movie, they move the Black Panther into the Avengers and they just have a big clash? Um, say you get him together, uh, Stephen Strange. I think the Black Panther will be introduced. In I this. think so. He has to because for Ultron to uh-huh. get the adamantium for his body, he has to go to. Black Panther's home world, his planet. I mean, his little oh. nation. Shoot. Dude, I totally just ruined the trivia question. Anyway, I'll change it. Um, I agree with you 100% on that. Um, and if you read about, like, if you read Avengers 54 and 55, like the introduction of Ultron and everything, Black Panther's in there, man. He's a key figure. Yeah, so... Anyway, okay, what's your number two, man? Captain America, Winter Soldier. Ooh, good choice. I remember seeing it in theaters, and man, it, it made up for the first one. The first one was good. I like the first one. It's, it's a classic, but this last one, I mean, you see a little bit more. Captain America, it's like everybody's flying around. You got Thor flying. You got Iron Man flying. You got Hulk jumping off buildings, and then you got Captain America taking the elevator up to the top floor. I mean, <laughs> yeah. He, they totally weaned him down. He just looked like a helpless little child who had lost his way out there. And this movie helped a little bit to kind of build up his his rep and give him a little better looking. But I mean, Captain America, what he can do hasn't been depicted yet completely. I mean, they're on the right track, but he's not as I think more so than Thor, of course. Yes. Which yeah. Well, yeah. All right. And number 1, which I think is not going to be a surprise to anyone, is The Dark Knight. Same here. Same there. Um, I think, I mean, The Dark Knight was just leaps and bounds above anything we've seen. And I think with the death of Heath Ledger, too. That added a lot of... That, there's a lot of expectation. People got emotionally involved with the movie. Exactly. And that's what that's what puts it at the top of everyone's list, almost. And it was dark. I mean, it was the first, like, truly kind of dark superhero movie. It was dark, scene. yeah. You want to see a pencil disappear? Or you want to see yeah. a magic trick? Right off the bat, he does that. Dang, yeah. And I mean, the face paint, it wasn't like a Joker type, like, lolly, 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 everybody's laughing. It's uh-huh. its kissing. You got flowers with acid in it, like what Jack Nicholson did. But I mean, you had Heath Ledger, who was dark. It was psychological. There was, people died. Unexpectedly, people died. Yeah. The Harvey Dent unveiling the Two-Face coming out like that. I mean, a mad dog is just... Born for chaos and the psyche that went into making it and revealing his character was just pure genius. All right. 
Shall we get to our trivia question? Trivia question it is. All right, to wrap things up, everyone, it's time for our trivia question. Like we said earlier, uh, email us your answers, and um, the first one to get the correct answer sent to us, we will be sending you out a prize package. Um, now, uh, send it to rebelcomicsalliance at gmail.com. R-E-B-E-L-C-O-M-I-C-S-A-L-L-I-A-N-C-E at gmail.com. Um, with your with your name, your answer, and your address, and if you win, we'll be, we'll notify you back, and we will send this out to you this week. Um, so the trivia question this week is: talking about Avengers fifty four and fifty five, who was the guy, or who was the person, who turned over the blueprints to the Masters of Evil? Um, get those questions to us as soon as possible. We'd love to get it sent out. Um, and um, we can't wait to hear from you guys. So, um, Kaylin, anything you want to add? Hey, once a rebel, always a rebel, baby. Once a rebel, always a rebel. Rebels unite. That's right. Um, thank you for listening to our podcast. Um, we're going to try to get these out um, every every Friday. We're going we're gonna to record every Friday and hope that they get uploaded by Monday. Um, so stay united, guys, and thank you. Peace. Peace. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Before we go, um, you have to give a quick shout-out, right? Oh, our first shout-out goes to Hyatt Sutton. Who the heck is Hyatt? He is a Huguenin boy. He's a Huguenin boy? Yep. Huguenin is somewhere in between North Dakota and Texas, right? Yeah, it's middle of nowhere, but... Okay. Yeah. I was just making sure. I want to get it right uh, geographical, but but Hyatt. Um, Hyatt helps us out with some information, keeping us up to date. He's kind of our outsider, our eyes and ears from an unbiased source. Stand-up guy. I've never met Hyatt. <laughs> <laughs> so you're taking my word for it. I'm taking your word for it, man. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and this is the official Peace Out, guys. Rebels Unite. Hyatt, I love you. <laughs> Who's Hyatt? <laughs> <laughs>